What's up, everybody? We're going to let everybody get in here. Uh, it is Tuesday Tuesday evening at 545. Uh, this is our uh, weekly live Q&A show, and we are, we are so pumped to be here. Uh, I'm going to let people kind of come in. We've got a few with us. Uh, if you are here, say hello. Um, and, and Dr. Rogers, I, I got to ask you, is that a, is that a zoom background? Is that like, uh, oh no, that's the real ocean, Ben. Um, as you know, I'm off this week, but, um, like they say, the show must go on. So I'm enjoying being relaxed. I'll probably look a little more relaxed than I usually am after a hard Tuesday of patience, but today I'm really chilled out. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This will be fun. You know, I, I'm so glad you said that. I, I'm really, really excited about this show, and I'm so glad that you're that you're going to do it with us while you're while you're on vacation, and um, and we're going to get a, we're going to see a different side of Dr. Rogers today. I think. I think, you know, this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm just going to say hello to some of our friends here. Jessica, what's up? How you doing? Thank you for being here. Motaz, how's it going? Uh, we miss you too. Motaz. Um, hey, Motaz. Uh, yeah. So wish, wish you were here, man. Motaz, <laughs> I've been missing you. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're glad. Uh, oh, it looks like I lost him. It looks like I, that must be the, uh, the, the connection. Uh, we're going to let him, uh, let him get back, uh, back on here. He'll, he'll be back. I promise. Um, we're going to get people on, on that. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well today. I hope everybody's doing great. We've got some really, really good questions, um, and I'm going to, before Dr. Rogers signs back on, uh, looks like we like we, we lost him. Um, I was actually pretty shocked at the um, connection he was, he was getting there for a minute. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get him back. Um, hello, Deb. How's it going? Um, and if you do have questions during the live show, uh, please put them in the comments. We're going to try to get to everybody today. Uh, we're going to be a little more relaxed. Um, he's he's on vacay, uh, so we're going to be chill and hopefully get to, to everybody's everybody's question. Uh, before he jumps back on, uh, I want to remind everybody that we have uh, a body contouring event April 13th. That's a week from today. Um, I don't know how that's going to affect our show. Uh, looks like we got him back here in the green room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess a hurricane blew in, Ben, and it disrupted the connection. But uh, you know, it's passed over now. It's passed over now, so um, <laughs> it looks pretty good now. So let's go ahead with the okay <laughs> for the show. Uh, all right. So to, to finish that statement, um, we we have the body contouring event next Tuesday, April thirteenth at five thirty, five thirty to seven thirty. Would love for you guys to join. Um, I'll be there. Doctor Rogers will be there. The whole crew will be there. Uh, lots of fun. Um, okay. So here we go. First question is. If the CDC says masks are 1.32% effective and the survival rate for COVID is 99.7%, why are we still required to, to wear masks? This is probably a very common question. <laughs> I think I know who sent that one. That's, that's a great question, though. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, I was riding my bike on the beach today and there's people out there outside on the beach wearing their mask, which to me is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. You're not going to get COVID outside. You know, you may spread it indoors in a, in a very close knit if people have it. But um, and there may be even some asymptomatic spread. I suspect there's a lot less than they're saying. But um, yeah, I mean, 
you know, this whole thing with the CDC, their recommendations have been horrible this whole year. So, I mean, why would you look at now anything they tell you to do? It's probably just propaganda. So, um, you know, the mask, uh, again, I'm not an anti-masker. You know, I want to do the politically correct thing and not offend people. But to be honest, there, there's probably very little that they're helping um, unless you had somebody that really was symptomatic and they were near, very near you. Most of the masks are very ineffective anyway. The, the particles are so small, they go right through it. Plus, unless you have your glasses on, they're going to go right in your eyes. So um, the masks aren't the answer to this uh pandemic, which is really almost turning into an endemic. So we're going from a pandemic to an endemic. Um, an endemic is on a less larger scale than a pandemic. A pandemic is described as a global uh, crisis all over, which it has been a pandemic. Uh, an endemic is more localized. It still can be in every country. And then an outbreak is a uh, an outbreak in particular regions. So hopefully we're going from a pandemic to an endemic. And then this thing's trailing off um, really quickly. Um, yeah, I want to post some interesting articles by some very knowledgeable doctors. I think, Ben, we were going to put one of those on yep. uh, today if you'll go to that post. Um, very interesting post, which I agree with entirely about. Um, you know, how vitamin D is so important. And uh, that's the most important thing about COVID is just taking vitamin D. So um, very few people are going to have any problem at all if their vitamin Ds are, are high enough. So um, I know I keep preaching about that, but um, that, that's, I mean, you know, that's a very political incorrect statement there, but um, I kind of agree with it because um, the masks aren't really that effective like they're preaching. And there is a 99.3 something percent survival rate on this thing. And the ones that are killing mostly are nursing home patients and very elderly, very frail people. Now, there are outliers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there are. I mean, this thing is a sneaky, sneaky virus, the likes of which we've never seen before. And they're still postulating on the etiology. Where did this thing come from? This thing is not found in nature. So... You know, it's, of course, it's very, very controversial. Um, but and even with the treatments that they've been withholding that work for COVID, early treatment is very effective for COVID. I mean, we've treated hundreds and hundreds of cases of COVID in the last year very successfully. And um, so I think the media really is there. It's like fear mongering. You know, they're trying to scare everybody out of their wits about this thing. Um, unnecessarily, I believe. And uh, it does kind of bother me when I see people wearing masks that um, are on the beach and are riding a bike and some of those things. It just, it just makes me kind of laugh and think, well, what are these people scared of? They have their little babies out on the beach with a little baby have a mask on. You know, so I think it has gotten kind of ridiculous. I just hope it's over pretty soon. We get the herd immunity that we need. And um, everybody starts settling down to more of a normal lifestyle soon. So that's my hope and prayer that we get back to normal. It's a serious thing. I, I don't make light of it at all. Um, you know, each of us have known people that have died of COVID. And, uh, you know, it hits home a lot. And, uh, but those are my thoughts uh, about how the CDC and our government has responded to this, this uh, pandemic. It's been just shameful, really.
fear-mongering. Well, well, hopefully we have moved into to an endemic, and, uh, and, and everybody, you know, take vitamin D. Uh, double up if you have to. Take 10,000 a day, uh, especially right now, and, and check your D levels. That's one thing we can't emphasize enough. Um, okay, we're going to go to question number two. Um, again, for the people um, that are with us uh, here live, uh, be sure to put your questions in. We're going to be we're going to try to get to every question today. We're excited. It looks like Dr. Rogers is relaxed, so we're going to this is going to be a this is going to be a cool episode. Uh, all right, my mother has moderate psoriasis that is really starting to affect her quality of life. We are looking for other methods of treatment before pursuing more aggressive medications. Uh, what's what's some of your thoughts on that, Doc? That's a good question um, because there are, there are a lot of people that suffer from psoriasis. One of our own family members has it. You really, you know, the, the thing you want to do is get to the root of the problem. What is causing the psoriasis? You know, it's usually described as an autoimmune disease, um, but there's something that triggers that autoimmunity. And it's usually going to be found in your gut or maybe a particular food. I think stress comes into play. Um, each of us has our own genetic predispositions for things like that, allergies, etc. Um, but there are some pretty cool things that you can do before you go to the heavy hitters like Humira and some of the biologics that, um, you know, will cost you thousands of dollars per dose. And they don't really, um, you know, address the, the root cause of the problem anyway. So, you know, it's big bucks for the pharmaceutical companies. Um, and they're inventing new ones all the time. You see it on TV. Um, but it doesn't get to the root of the problem. And it, it can kind of suppress uh, your, your immune system otherwise uh, when you may need your immune system, i.e. COVID times. So those people that are on those type of medicines may be more at risk for COVID and certainly for the vaccine reactions. There's no doubt about that. So um, some things you can do. First, look at your microbiome, your gut. Um, certainly use uh, pre and probiotics, digestive enzymes, um, and avoid inflammatory foods like glutens and um, sugar and um, lectins, soy, um, dairy, probably. You have to do an elimination diet. Um, but there's some cool little other things you can, treatments for it that are pretty natural, you know. Um, of course, I, I, I think of myself as using both the best of both the alternative and the traditional uh, uh, medicine route. So there, there are medicines like low-dose naltrexone that help a lot. I've, I've put a lot of people on low-dose naltrexone um, to kind of quieten down that uh, response that the skin gets from even your own sweat. But there's usually a cause to it. And whether that cause is an infection or, you know, like a chronic yeast, intestinal yeast infection, which is a possibility. Um, there's another little um, thing I use, like to use occasionally called monolaurin, and um, it uh, has the same molecules that uh, breast milk has in it, um, has some positive effects. Um, I always look at vitamin deficiencies, um, you know, certainly sugar. I think can flare it up without a doubt. Alcohol can flare it up. So my advice to you is try to find the root cause of it. Look at your gut first. Anybody that has psoriasis or one of those type of diseases um, probably has a gut problem too. So that's where I, I usually start 
looking at and then um, trying to do an elimination diet. Sometimes I do food allergy testing. I certainly get them on pre and probiotics and um, sometimes I use some of the alternative things like LDN's probably my favorite one there. There's so many uses for low-dose naltrexone and hardly anybody ever talks about it. Um, so in that wild, I hope that it, we, we have a, we've done a, a couple pieces of content on low-dose naltrexone. Uh, if anybody's interested in that, you can look that up on our website. It's pretty interesting stuff. And, and speaking about, you know, gut health, we're, we've got some really cool stuff coming up with, with digest shield. And, and if there's anybody here, we've got a couple people here watching. If you're listening to the podcast or with us live on Facebook or YouTube, um, if you're on digest shield, if you are taking it and have experienced just amazing health results from it, if you're feeling better because of it, we are looking for video testimonials. Um, and, uh, for you guys here, you know, whether it's the podcast, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, um, if you'll email me, Ben at performancemedicine.net, and if you're willing to do a testimonial, uh, I will give you a, a bottle of Digest Shield for free. Um, I'd like to, I'm going to make that offer right now. I, I have not told anybody I'm going to do it, uh, so I apologize in advance to, to anybody in office. Um, but but we're going we're gonna to give out a free Digest Shield to anyone who is uh, willing to do some video testimonials. Uh, we're seeing Digest Shield really, really change lives. Um, I'm on it. I, I know you're on it, Doc. Uh, pretty much everybody we know uh, is on Digest Shield. So if that's something you're willing to do, uh, we are wanting some testimonials. We're wanting to spread that message. Uh, we, we're, we're starting everything uh, by, by fixing the gut. So if you're willing to do I'll that. T- I'll, I'll, I'll give you a testimonial right now. I'm <laughs> severely lactose def- uh, deficient, so um, or I'm lactose intolerant, so lactase deficient, but um, so I've been taking Digest Shield and I went and drank just to see if I could tolerate it on my gut, a chocolate malt, which I definitely would send me in uh, a bad place for about three days. And uh, it was fine. Not that I recommend drinking a lot of dairy, but uh, certainly tolerated it fine by taking Digest Shield. So I think it does help. It's, it's one of the better things we have in our office. So um, ask us about it and give us your testimonials. But, yeah, uh, if, if, you, if you're willing to do that, send me an email, uh, ben at performancemedicine.net. Uh, uh, we're happy to, to, to give out free bottles of Digest Shield to anyone who is uh, really loving it and willing to do a, a testimonial for us. Um, okay, let's go to the next one here. Um, next one is, I understand the recommenda- recommendation that we take vitamin D with K, especially for those over, over 50, I believe, but the life extension brand includes C iodine. Uh, is that still recommended with people with Hashimoto's? And I will, uh, there's a few more little details about this question. Um, they have read that iodine, unless there is a deficiency should not be a supplement for someone with Hashimoto's. Um, so what's your thoughts on that doc? Yeah, you know, most people that have Hashimoto's are usually iodine deficient, um, you know, but I agree. I wouldn't uh, treat anybody with iodine, high doses of iodine, unless you tested it first. And we do a urine spot test at our office for it. Um, but the fact is that vitamin D with K has so little uh, iodine in it that it's negligible. So you're fine with that. It's not going to cause you any problem at all. Um, when you get up into high doses, you, you probably want to check it before you do that. But, um, or if you have an allergy to iodine, but you know, most people are deficient, at least 80%, I think anyway. So, and Hashimoto's is certainly the most common form of, uh, 
low thyroid or hypothyroidism. So I wouldn't worry about taking that. I mean, always, if, if you're worried about it, just take the plain uh, D and take an extra uh, K2. We have both in our office, you know, without C iodine, but uh, I wouldn't think it would cause you a problem. Well, what is the, the dosage on the, the K2 if they were to, to get that separate from, from vitamin D3? Um, I'll have to check that. I don't know right off the top of my head because I don't have it with me here, but um, I, I'm I'm have to double check before I, I tell you the wrong dose on that. Okay, okay, we'll put that uh, we'll put that in the notes there um, and and figure out that the answer to that question. Um, all right, next up, what supplements would be good to take pre-op and post-op surgeries to help decrease the inflammatory response uh, that occurs and increase healing time? Uh, that's a good question. Um, there's a couple things I would do before surgery um, to prepare for it. First, you know, be in shape and cut out a lot of processed foods that you're eating. But um, one of the things that I like is, of course, vitamin D. It all circles around back to vitamin D. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, one of my good friends, Dr. Paul Gorman, hand surgeon, orthopedic doc, he won't operate on anybody unless their vitamin D is, is adequate. He just, he just gets their vitamin D replaced um, first. <laughs> I used to send him patients and he'd, he'd call me up or send them back and say, hey, let's get the vitamin D up before I operate. And I admired that. Um, so, and his, his post-operative patients did great. So, <laughs> vitamin D. The other thing is get your hormones tuned up. You know, if you have, a, if you have low T, you're not going to heal as well. Same thing with females. Uh, tissue uh, does much better if you have adequate hormone replacement. And the other thing I would probably do is um, take a little Bactroban ointment, and which is an antibacterial that kills a lot of germs, um, including MRSA, and put it inside your nose um, before surgery, you know, a few days before surgery, and certainly the day of, and few days after because a lot of those nosocomial infections are coming from you not from uh, the hospital staff so Bactroban ointment to the inside of your nose because a lot of people harbor a chronic staph infection inside the nose so those are two things I would do um, of course I love vitamin C as well for healing um, so and, and be careful about taking a lot of uh, some of your other supplements like vitamin E and fish oil, anything that thins your blood, you want to stop before surgery um, for probably about a week. Blood thinners, or ask your surgeon, of course, before you do any of that. But uh, great question. That, Be ready for surgery. That is a really good question and, and something I think that will you know, help a lot of people that not a lot of people think of, to be honest. You know, things you can do pre-op and post-op uh, to you know, increase that, that healing time or decrease the healing time and, and, uh, you know, get back to, um, big, get back on your feet again. So great question. Thank you for that. And, and I will say, you know, to, to everyone who's sending us emails and, and messages on, you know, Facebook and Instagram with, with questions, we, I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate that. This show goes by so much better. It's, it's so much more valuable to the people listening and uh, a lot, a lot of fun for me and doc here when we, when we get those questions during the week. And, and the other thing we love is questions during the show and we love interacting with you guys. Um, I see, see, you know, Katie loves digest shield. So digest shield is, is the bomb guys. Uh, if you're on it, 
you know, make sure that uh, shoot me an email. We'd love to we'd love to get some testimonials on that. We think more and more people should be taking it. Um, okay, looks like we got uh, quite a few blood pressure at night questions. So I'm just going to let you kind of riff a little bit. This is from uh, YouTube. Uh, BP at night. I'm assuming that means blood pressure at night, which is what our um, most recent uh, Common Sense MD uh, podcast episode was on, uh, as well as our, our we wrote a blog post on it uh, as well. And anything you want to say in particular about the, the blood pressure at night uh, to get us started off? We have a, a couple different blood pressure questions, actually, that we'll that we'll get to. Well, you know, I did the podcast uh, this week on you might want to consider taking your blood pressure medicine at night, especially if it's an ACE inhibitor or an ARB, um, you know, which are probably the two most common classes that we use um, because there's a huge study that came out that showed mortality, morbidity, um, everything from heart attacks to strokes to revascularization procedures. Um, you know, we're, you're better off by controlling your blood pressure by taking your blood pressure medicine at night. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, a, a turnaround for me because a lot of times I would recommend you take it during the day because you seem like you're stressed out during the day. You're going and going. But it turns out there's a lot of nocturnal rises in your blood pressure, especially early morning hours. Maybe responsible for the reason that um, you see a lot of heart attacks early a.m. Uh, that show up at the heart hospital. Um, so, you know, I wish we could do 24-hour blood pressure monitoring on everybody. Um, I actually um, discussed this article with a good cardiology friend of mine, and um, he he was a little bit surprised, too, at, at that, uh, the numbers on that study. Um, and he pointed out quite correctly that if you have daytime angina or some other conditions, you know, you may want to talk to your doctor before you do that. Again, I'm giving out medical opinion and this, you know, check with your doctor because it's not really legal for me to give it, even as a doctor, to give uh, medical advice on any kind of show or note or anything. It's a one-on-one -on -one thing. That's why you and your doctor are the, ones, the best ones to make the decision. I've always believed in that and not some outside source like the government or an insurance company or a hospital system. But... Um, Certainly talk it over if you can somehow obtain 24-hour blood pressure measurement and see, you know, see when it does go up, then you may have some protection by taking it at night, especially the ACEs and ARBs. Now, you know, the, the calcium channel blockers and the beta blockers, um, sometimes they tend to make you a little tired during the day anyway, but they may be necessary to control uh, angina when you're more active during the day. So you certainly need to if you have heart disease, talk this over with your cardiologist, you know, um, you know, get, look at the information and um, uh, you all decide what is best for you. But very interesting. Very interesting. Blood pressure, the silent killer. This is another um, somewhat of a blood pressure question from Gary. Gary, thank you for, for hanging out with us again this week. Uh, we certainly do appreciate you. Um, his question is, I'm wondering what could be causing a resting pulse in the 80s and 90s. Blood pressure is well controlled with medication. Any blood tests I should be asking for? That's a great question. Um, yeah, you know, some people just run a fast heart rate, but that's a little bit high. Um, the first thing I think about, of course, you need blood work to make sure you're not anemic and make sure your thyroid's okay and 
and your adrenals. Um, sometimes I think, are you out of shape or, you know, is, uh, you know, cause athletes usually have a really low heart rate because their heart each time it pumps, it's more efficient, but there's some autonomic dysfunctions that can cause that. You certainly ought to have an EKG and probably even a Holter monitor to see if you're having some arrhythmias, but definitely check those laboratory tests out and, you know, and make sure that you're in shape and that you exercise, uh, see what your maximum heart rate is. Usually it's, you know, 220 minus your age is, is your maximum heart rate. A lot of athletes can do better than that as they age, but um, hopefully you're in good shape and um, look at that and then monitor it. You know, use your, use your, uh, new Apple watch to make sure you're not in some kind of uh, arrhythmia or something and check your labs out. And uh, um, it'd be interesting to see what your VO2 max is and some of those other advanced testing, uh, body fat percentage, et cetera, to see what the cause of, uh, of it is. Some, some blood pressure medicines, uh, we, if you have hypertension, in your case, we may even use a beta blocker, you know, slow it down a little bit. Um, there's other uses for beta blockers besides high blood pressure. We use prevention of migraine headaches and uh, some, you know, certainly arrhythmias and to control PBCs and things like that. So it's something that definitely warrants looking into if your heart rate is uh, that high um, did, did and you, resting. Did you mention uh, the labs you're suggesting? Um, in- yeah, uh, thyroid. I'll definitely check thyroid out. Um, and I always check a TSH and a free T3, um, at least at the very least and check adrenals out by cortisol. Um, and certainly make sure you're not anemic. You know, if you're anemic, you're, you have to pump more blood out. Your heart rate's going to compensate by going faster and make sure you're in good shape. Make sure you can get your heart rate up there during uh, high intensity interval training, that type of thing. Uh, but some people, I've seen some people that their heart rate just, just is always higher than average. It could be they're a little stressed out. It needs to be looked into, though. Well, what do you think about when you were, you know, talking there? I was thinking to myself, um, heart rate variability, and you, you've talked with me a lot about it, and I know as an athlete, uh, I think a lot about heart rate variability. Is there there was a um, there's a test we've we've done on on that in there HRV. Well, you know, that's why I wear this aura ring right here. It measures my heart rate variability at night. Heart rate variability is that the difference in that, if you look at the QRX complex on an EKG or a rhythm strip, um, that R to R interval is, is, should not be the same all the time. There's milliseconds difference. And it turns out it's, it's healthier to have a little variability in your heart rate. Now, especially when you're at rest, because it's an indicator of how your parasympathetic um, uh, system is. And that may be one thing that he wants to look into, Gary wants to look into, is the sympathetic versus the parasympathetic system. Uh, Sympathetic system is when you're charged up, you're ready to go, it's your adrenaline, you know, your heart rate's up there, you're ready to roll. Parasympathetic is more your relaxation phase. what your heart rate does when you're at rest and your digestive system, your parasympathetic system controls your breathing rate at night. Um, you know, so, um, but yeah, the heart rate variability is a good thing to measure it. It should be more variable 
when you're relaxed and, and less variable when you're exercising. So, you know, you can get some of the new Fitbits and um, I don't think the Apple Watch does it, but certainly I love the Aura Ring. It tells me a lot about, um, you know, my metabolic parameters. Uh, so I, I always like to look at that. So heart rate variability, important yeah. and longevity. So good question. All right. Let's see here. I got a question from, from Charlotte here. Can we buy Digest Shield at your office? Um, yes, I'll go ahead and answer that. Uh, we have uh, Digest Shield at all three of our offices, and uh, you can also get it online. It's uh, shieldnutra.com, uh, shieldnutra.com. That's Digest Shield's website. And also there's a lot of uh, really, really helpful resources on what's in uh, what what we're terming a co-probiotic. Co um, has the prebiotics, the probiotics, enzymes, lactase, and the gluten blockers. Uh, so go check that out. Um, okay, Claudia says, any important things to do or take while you were on 14-day prednisone? Um, yeah, um, yeah, for one thing, avoid overeating. You know, prednisone, which is a great drug and a bad drug in, in ways, you know, it's a great drug for short-term use. It's a bad drug for long-term use. Some people have to take very low doses long-term if they have certain rheumatologic conditions. But, um, you know, certainly the thing I've noticed about prednisone is that it certainly is going to may keep you awake at night, especially when you first start it. So you might want to take some melatonin with it and make sure you get an adequate night's sleep. Um, the other thing is it can cause fluid retention and raise your blood sugar levels. So, um, and that's how you get all the weight gain from it. You may crave carbs and sugar too. So I would be on a really low sugar diet, drink a lot of water, make sure you get a good night's rest. And hopefully um, you won't have to be on a much longer course. I usually, if I put somebody on a five day course, sometimes I won't taper, but on a 14-day course, you probably need to taper off of it. Um, it could cause some rebound problems. So, uh, great question, though. Yeah, prednisone is a great drug and, and can be a, a bad drug um, if you have to take it for longer periods of time. Uh, it softens your bones. It can mess with your adrenal glands and uh, cause diabetes and things like that. And certainly weight gain, puffiness, fluid retention. Um, things like that, psychosis even. So, but 14 day course, you'd probably be fine, but great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. It's a great question. Thank you for that, Claudia. Um, okay. So we're going to get to Savannah here. Uh, Savannah asks, can you have extreme fatigue and just all around not feeling well while having a cold sore? Is it pretty much a virus? Yeah. It is. Um, and you certainly it can be systemic. Some people run fevers with uh, cold sores, which is a herpes type virus that um, most people have been exposed to in their lifetimes. Um, so, yeah, you know, of course, I like for people to use medicines on that at the very first sign of it. You know, I'm going to put somebody on a medicine for it, like uh, Valtrex or Acyclovir. Um, you know, certainly uh, just a one-day course of it, as soon as you feel that tingling, you're about to break out with it. Some people get them so often, they have to be on a little suppressive dose as well. Um, I love L-lysine supplement for prevention of uh, cold sores, and I think they also help for canker sores. Canker sores are a little different 
thing, but um, but uh, great question. Um, I've actually, yeah, but you 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 can get sick with it. You can run fever with it. You can feel tired. You can feel pretty bad with, because it's a virus. It's like any virus can make you feel bad. Great question. I, I, I've heard you talk a lot about L-lysine, um, and I believe that's helped you with with canker sores quite a bit. You know, like. Uh, I, I think you've even mentioned that you don't get them as much at all. Uh, yeah, I've been taking L-lysine for years, and uh, I still will occasionally rarely get one, usually stressed out or maybe I've eaten something real acidic or something, uh, but uh, or use the wrong kind of toothpaste. I think toothpaste, uh, use the right kind of toothpaste without a lot of the junk in it. Um, um, certainly use something without fluoride and, uh, SLG and some of those things. I like Tom's natural toothpaste, or you may just want to get Sensodyne without the fluoride, but um, certainly L-lysine. But yeah, you can feel pretty bad with with uh, the cold sore virus. Sure can. All right, I got one. Uh, I got one question. It looks like Savannah is taking uh, lysine now, and she's on uh, day five. Uh, she does feel sick. Um, now, hype up your, really, you can uh, pop up your vitamin D and C levels. She, um, she also mentioned she's taking vitamin A as well. Um, yeah, so, and A, very important. So a. A. I don't mention A enough, but that vitamin A is very important for that. So just double up on the, the D, take more D and C as well as the lysine. Uh, I've got a question here from, from actually it's from our Kingsport office. Um, this is a male patient wants to know if, if, they have had COVID already. They're over 50 and are in good health with no comorbidities. Should they get the vaccine? Uh, he added that he's already taken the D, zinc, and vitamin C daily without fail. Well, personally, I would not take the vaccine. Um, you know, certainly if you've had it any time in the last six months, I certainly wouldn't take the vaccine. You have more chance of reacting to it. Now, there's been some studies that show that the long haulers, uh, they may get a little bit better with the vaccine. That's unsubstantiated, but I have read some reports of that. Again, whether it's government getting, trying to get more people to take the vaccine, I don't know. But um, certainly the best immunity you're going to have from COVID is having the disease itself and getting through it fine. Um, because you develop that not only B cell, but T cell immunity. And that, that's going to be there for probably up to a year it's not going to be measurable like you know the tests we do in the office for the antibodies those are b-cell antibodies but um, personally i don't think there would be a need to take it and i wouldn't i would not take it myself that's my own opinion i would not take it if i had covid um, i think there's no need for it one thing more chance of reacting from it i mean this covid vaccine is not a totally <laughs> you know, innocuous vaccine. There's, there's side effects from this vaccine. Um, so, um, you know, certainly discuss it with your doctor who, who's, you know, hopefully studied this thing and seen a lot of the repercussions of it. But um, my own opinion, if, if I certainly wouldn't, my opinion. All right. And that looks, it looks like it does uh, the last question of the day. Um, guys, if you're with us, I appreciate it so much. This matters uh, this is so much fun for me, so much fun for Doc, and um, love for you guys to join us next week uh, at the Body Contouring event. We're going to go over Evolve, which is the, the new device we have in the Johnson City office. Um, it is at Performance Medicine of Johnson City. You do have to RSVP, 
so give that office a call. The, the number is 423-328-3386. Uh, we'd love to see you. Uh, you're going to get to hang out with, with me, Dr. Rogers, the whole crew, um, and we'll have lots of fun. So be sure to RSVP for that if you're interested in body contouring. Dr. Rogers, I feel like I should let you go. <laughs> hey, it's been fun, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dr. Rogers. Uh, thank you, Motaz. Y'all have a good one, okay? Thank you, Savannah, for the questions. Uh, let us know if we didn't answer that completely. Um, if questions during the week, Ben at performancemedicine.net or info at performancemedicine.net. Certainly do appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll see y'all next week and I'm going to do my outro right now. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.